Hi everyone, it's Guillaume from Startup Basecamp. Welcome to the Tech for Climate podcast. During the show, you will have the opportunity to meet the best climate tech founders, investors, and experts from both Silicon Valley and around the globe. They will share with you their stories and personal journeys into this growing and exciting industry, giving you some insight into the ecosystems that help you to take part in the fight against climate change and benefit from the opportunities it can represent podcast is divided in two small interviews. During the first part, you will get to know our speakers, their perspectives on the climate crisis and how climate tech is changing the game. Second part of the discussion will be for members of our community who will learn the speaker's secret sauce on how to and share with you their unique expertise on topics such as fundraising, management, strategy and so on to help you to become a better leader in your field. So before we start, I would like to quickly share what we are doing at Startup Basecamp to support climate tech founders in accessing resources and gaining visibility with investors they seek. Our initiatives include a membership-based community platform offering access to a dedicated Slack group with a growing number of founders, experts, and investors from around the world and a series of exclusive content such as interviews, weekly job listings, events, and our quarterly online pitch of night opportunity. But more than a place where you can learn, exchange, and grow, we are building a matchmaking service to facilitate connections between our members and top investors and experts in the field. And soon, alongside with other top investors, we will be launching a small fund to co-invest in the growth and acceleration of our members. Finally, all of this is possible because of your support and donations. We are a small self-funded team, and we want you to be part of this collective movement against climate change. So please share one episode with a friend and subscribe to the channels. As an added bonus, we will plant a tree for each of our subscribers each time we reach 1,000 new fans or donors. Do not hesitate to connect with me via social media or email guillaume at Startup Basecamp. Thanks a lot for listening. I hope to get in touch with you soon. And now, let's go for the show. Hi, everyone. During this new episode of our Founder Series, we are sitting down with Robert Luo, founder and CEO at Mitero, Forbes 30 under 30 scholar, Greenpeace 30 under 30, and winner of the Startup Basecamp Global Online Climate Tech Pitch Competition last June. I was excited to have Rob on the show as he's an incredible serial entrepreneur who is not tackling the enormous problem presented by conventional plastics, one of the most pressing issues for our planet today. Mitero's unique proprietary tech allows agricultural waste to be upcycled into compostable biomaterials to replace plastic and paper for food, fashion, and packaging. We will cover the unique journey of the company and the potential that it represents in terms of market and impact opportunities. Finally, we will speak about the exciting future of the company we just started a pilot project with Budweiser China. During the second part of the talk, Rob will give his secret sauce for early stage founders looking to fundraise. He will share advice on how to unlock big partners while being an early stage company and also sharing with you his work-life balance tips for founders. Finally, he will share with you his view on the opportunities 
that the climate tech ecosystem represents today. Hi, Rob. Welcome to the Tech for Climate podcast. Uh, it's not the first time that we see uh, each other. We had the chance to, uh, to hear you pitching three weeks ago uh, during a quarterly uh, climate tech uh, pitch night and that you won uh, amongst the other incredible team uh, of climate tech founders. So we are very, very happy to, uh, to have you here today and uh, learn more about uh, your story. So before you start, um, can we give us like a 30 second intro about uh, Mitero? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me today. It's an honor to be here again. And thank you for giving us the first place prize. Uh, very honor. For me, uh, Michero is a advanced material technology company. We turn agriculture waste into home compostable packaging material to replace single use plastic and paper. What we want to do is to not only reduce food waste in the entire world and create more value from it, but at the same time, hopefully that we can truly replace plastic all at once with all these food waste that we have generated around the globe. Okay, so let's start by the by the top. Can you tell us, tell us a little bit more about uh, your story, Rob? Uh, your background, anything specific uh, that's not public yet, something that uh, you're passionate about, uh, and maybe using this uh, this whole uh, story as a as a segue uh, to show that this motivation that you that you had to jump into the climate and clean tech uh, industry. Sure, absolutely. So ever since I was a kid, I'm always interested in sustainability. How can we make the world greener and safer? And for me, Mitero is my third company. Um, the previous two were both acquired and they, they have been involved with sustainability. The, the second company that I founded uh, was related to carbon credit, where we calculated people's um, carbon footprint from their health data, how much distance they walk, how much distance they bike, not driving or anything related to polluting the environment. In turn, they will get credit and those credit can apply to discount at our partner store. So that in terms that that will help them encourage them to, um, to walk more and drive less. And now with Mitero, we want to see this as an even bigger scale of impact, which personally I found it very, very inspiring because the work we do isn't just about money, not at all. It's more about inspiring others to find innovative solution, to tackle world, worldwide problems. And these solutions should not be greenwashing. They should tackle the real problem with, um, with answers that can be recordable. Fantastic. So you're from Hong Kong, and I saw you got uh, this uh, 30 under 30. Can you tell us a bit more about this, uh, your, 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 your background, like uh, your, your, your study and uh, what, uh, what, what, what brings you to, uh, to, to, to Mitero? Sure. So um, I have won several awards, very fortunate. And thank you for all the judges. So I'm a Forbes and Green Biz 30 under 30. I'm also an Entrepreneur Hall of Fame at USC Marshall School of Business. Uh, which where we I graduated from. Um, there, there are other words that probably alone this I'm not gonna mention. And what started me with Mitero? Um, that started in 2018 after I visited my uncle's dairy farm in China, where I saw that he had buckets and buckets of unsold milk, what we call the milk waste, sitting in his ranch. Those milk were supposed in the past they were supposed to be sold to bigger um, dairy manufacturers, but now these manufacturers are building their own ranches. So they don't need smaller players anymore, given the fact that they can produce at a lower cost. So my uncle faced the problem where the milk could be sold and you couldn't just simply dump the milk because that would pollute the environment and the government will go after you. 
So I thought, why can we create more value from these waste that could have possibly go to landfill or go to the dumpster? So that's how Meteor began. I started working on this idea with my childhood friend, Daniel, who had a science, uh, who had uh, chem mechanical chemistry and material science background. So that's where we started working with playing with dirty spoiled milk, which smelled really, really bad. Don't try it at home. And we start to extract protein from the spoiled milk. And we found out that, hey, such protein could be spun into fiber. Just like the t-shirt right now, this is made from our milk fiber. And then we start testing the idea if we can create it into fabric, uh, then cut it into t-shirt and start publishing it on Kickstarter. So that's how the company started. Fantastic. So before we go too, too much into detail of uh, Mitero, uh, can you give us a, a little overview of the uh, biodegradable and, and plant-based uh, packaging uh, landscape today? Or is this landscape uh, landscape evolving? Uh, what needs yeah. to happen to operate those change at, uh, at scale and in a way contribute uh, effectively to slow down climate change and keep our oceans and, and surface waters uh, clean? Got it. Yeah, th that's a very good question. I think that's one of the biggest topics we're discussing all around the globe. How can we reduce the plastic or single-use paper packaging? In the past, everyone uses used single-use plastic, like LDP, the food wrap that we see at home, uh, the plastic bag that we see in grocery store. Essentially, everything we purchase, even your iPhone cases, has a plastic wrap around it. And these wraps are really difficult to recycle. In fact, Studies show that all around the globe, only 10%, at most 10% plastic got recycled. 90% either go to landfill or ends up in the ocean. We have trillions of pieces of plastic in the ocean. And this problem is not getting better given the COVID situation. Um, everything is wrapped in plastic because it's so cheap and we can produce at a high scale. So now there are companies out there trying to come up with innovative solution, a sustainable solution, that can replace plastic, such as uh, the most widely known ones are POA, which are made from corn or PPAT, which even though it's compostable, it's made from fossil fuel. So it's not solving the problem in the front. It might solve it in the end, but not in the front. And what we do at Metro is we are not doing anything related to fossil fuel materials, not at all. I can show you our material. This is the bag that we created. This mm -hmm. bag is made from spent grain which spent grain is also known as beer waste, the byproduct of a brewery. For people that drink beer, you're contributing to the future of plastic. These films can be made into bags that you see here, or it can made into wraps like this, like thin wrap. It can also be made into um, bags, which can come in different colors, or even product label that you see on, on your products. So, the application of our material is tremendous, is, um, it varies. At the same time, our cost is 20 to 30% cheaper compared to the existing most widely used material, which is POA and PPAT, which I mentioned are made from corn and fossil-based materials. Okay, so how long did it take you and, and, and your team to, to put together this, uh, this first prototype and what was the, the challenges that you, uh, that you faced at first? Great question. So since the beginning of Material in 2018, we have been involving to study protein, the most abundant natural resource around, that we have around the world. We first um, tried out the protein 
we modify the protein into textile fiber. Then in 2019, we start having the idea of if we can make it into fiber, can we make into materials that people can use, perhaps even packaging material. And start, so since 2019, we have been um, doing the R&D in our lab. And now this year we came up with the MVP and that has been supplied to our clients that have signed letter of interest and MOU with us. Okay. And can you tell us a little bit more about those uh, uh, partners or, or, or clients uh, in which industries? Uh, I mean, you mentioned like the brewery, uh, beer industry, uh, any, any other uh, industry interested? Absolutely. So one of our partner, key partner is Budweiser. Um, I, I believe some of you drink Budweiser beer. And they, they are one of the largest, if not the largest beer company in the world. Uh, we have signed MOU with them. They're our supplier. Not only that, we are launching a pilot with Budweiser in China, where we are upcycling their spent grain and turn it into the packaging material that you just saw. Okay. So how do you, um, how do you source uh, your agriculture, I mean, food, agriculture waste uh, or byproducts that you, uh, that you can, uh, I mean, use for the, uh, for, for, for producing these, uh, those uh, plastics? I mean, how do you ensure that uh, the quality is there any specificity? Is it working for any of them? Uh, tell, me, tell us a bit more about that. Sure. So, well, first of all, we take the spent grain from the Budweiser factory, which comes in the wet form. Then we directly extract the protein using acid um, to, to get the protein. The protein is then remodified into, uh, with our working solution into the film you see here. Well, this film can be heat sealed into bags or other type of product that I demonstrated earlier. Um, so the process itself, it might, seem, it might sound easy from what I just explained to you, but the process up involves a lot years of experience from testing um, the material for understanding the mechanical property and mechanical structure of the protein and how can we remodify the protein from a big polymer that is naturally not soft or flexible into something that is soft and flexible at the same time can have good moisture and water barrier for many variety of applications. Okay. And out of that uh, initial process of transforming those, uh, those food waste uh, and, and, and byproduct, um, at the end of the process, is it like some uh, dry materials uh, available or is it really completely uh, transformed? How, how is the end of the process? Is this still like stuff that goes to landfill or like to, is it burned maybe or? I love this question so much. So essentially the process of our technology leaves no waste. So let me explain what's inside of spin grain. Spin grain is around, wet spin grain is about 80% water, um, about 7% protein, about uh, I would say 10% fiber and the rest are fat. So water, it dries out. It does no harm to the environment. And with protein, we are making it into flexible film, which I showed you earlier. And with fiber, we are making it into rigid packaging, which can be molded into cups, plates, um, straw, or even beer bottle that we are working with Budweiser right now. And okay. what's left is fat. Fat can be used as biofuel. A lot of people don't know this. Fat can be used as biofuel. So at the end of the process, all the, all the chemistry 
that's involved, all the chemical that's involved is recycled or they naturally degrade in the environment and leaves no harm. Fantastic. And how do you uh, source those uh, spring grains? I mean, at, I imagine for the, the, the lab testing or the prototype uh, must be easier than at scale. How, how do you plan that uh, at scale? Great question. So in, in the prototype phase, uh, Bowweiser is sending us the spin grain for free. And once we scale up, we're building the production line near their factory. So the transportation logistic cost is very low. Okay. Um, so in, in terms of uh, biodegradability, um, how do you, how long does it take for this, uh, this plastic to be, I mean, to, to basically go back to, uh, to nature in itself? Yes. So we are doing testing right now with third party and it should go back to nature within 180 days. 180 days. And can you tell us a bit more about like, what is the uh, outcome of it? Is like, uh, it becomes like soil. Can you use it to put that in your, in your garden, uh, like compost? Or is it something that uh, can be used in, you know, like uh, agriculture? Mm. Yeah. So theoretically, for home compost, you can bury it in the soil. And the microorganism or, or the microbes will consume the, uh, the, the material. So that's, what, how, that's how it can consume. Um, and also give, given, if you were to go to, let's say, industrial compost facilities, they care more about the temperature, about the humidity, whereas home compost is really about the microorganism in the soil. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the, uh, your competition today, in, if you're aware of competitors in the, the EU or maybe uh, in the US or, or China, and why you guys are with Mitero different or maybe mm -hmm. better? So we have seen several ideas that are very creative. Um, there are companies that are trying to create packaging material made from seaweed, made from milk protein casing, or even uh, made from other type of natural material. However, they are difficult to scale given that the raw material itself is uh, limited and the cost is high. So th those are just at the concept phase. And other companies, they are targeting a different packaging sectors as we are. Some companies are targeting water-soluble solutions, which means their material will dissolve in water. However, these materials are not good for outer packaging because what if it rains? What if the humidity is high? Like in Southeast Asia, there's a high humidity. Those packaging will not work. Whereas our material should resist humidity at a high level in Southeast Asia, climbing like those. At the same time, it should have a very strong uh, tensile strength. As you can see, if you want to pull this material, it shouldn't break. Oh, it shouldn't break easily. So it has a very good tensile strength and has a good oxygen barrier, given that protein itself is naturally a big polymer and it has, should have a good moisture property as well. Okay, so you believe that in the future, uh, this will be, I mean, your solution will be able to replace like 90%, 100% of the uh, single plastic use uh, or packaging as of today? Well, in terms of pricing, we are still higher compared to single use plastic, but that's not a big worry for us because legislation all around the world, different countries, they are all banning single use plastic. So, at the end of the day, these companies have to switch to more sustainable 
even uh, higher cost, green premium products. Mm-hmm. And our goal is definitely to replace as much plastic as we could. And uh, I, I couldn't tell you how much damage we can reduce because there are so many different types of single plastic. But what we want to start with is something that's hard to recycle, difficult to recycle, um, just like the food wrap, just like um, the, um, the outer packaging for your electronic products. So anything that's thin, that's hard mm-hmm. to recycle, that's what we replace first. Okay. And um, can you tell us a bit more about, like you mentioned that this human goose opportunity, but the, the, the size of the market opportunity, uh, how, how do you guys are planning to, to scale the operation after the, uh, your prototype? Uh, that's a very good question. So globally, the packaging industry is $128.8 billion. And by 2025, the global compostable or biodegradable material will be evaluated at two, um, $200 billion. So this market is growing very, very fast. And we definitely want to take a slice of the cake. And given that we are working very hard with our partner, that's why we are partnering with the biggest um, beer company in the world to ensure that we have enough raw material in hand to, to begin with. So with that secure, then everything down the pipeline will be much easier. Fantastic. And um If you can just let us know a bit more about the, the economics, about uh, your solution compared to uh, um, traditional like bio uh, bioplastics, uh, I would say you mentioned this, uh, you guys are slightly uh, higher in terms of pricing, uh, uh, that this green premium is a bit, uh, bit higher. Uh, do you plan to, do you think at scale, you're going to be able to uh, reduce that uh, difference? And uh, what are we talking about in terms of like uh, cost? I mean, I know that uh, usually it's around cents or, or USD uh, for, 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 for a piece of, of plastic, if you have uh, any, any figures that you can give and share. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to share more. So let's do a, a quick comparison compared to other materials in the industry right now. So um, the most widely used biodegradable or uh, sustainable solution is called PLA, which I mentioned earlier. And that costs around $4,600 right now. And our, um, that's a very high price. So our product is 20 to 30% cheaper compared to theirs. However, that is still around 50% higher compared to traditional plastic, which is around $150,000 to today. Our goal is once we reach commercialization by 2024, the cost will be similar as the conventional plastic, which is at $150,000. Okay. So... Can you tell us a bit more about, um, you know, the challenges and opportunities uh, for your company today? Well, we definitely need more talents to join us. Uh, we are a small team right now, even though we have done so much in such a short time. Uh, we need more funding to help us continue the innovation to build up the production line and to obviously recruit more talents. And, and, um, and we need your support. That, that's the most important thing. And I think out of all. Without your support, there's no meaning behind what we do, right? If customers don't like what our product, then there's no, there's no purpose for us to provide these products. So we, we love to have your support. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, all types of social media, and give, give us a shout out. <laughs> That'll be very helpful. 
Fantastic. Um, just a, a last uh, small question here. Um, are you guys uh, using internally also some uh, you know sustainability in, uh, and social metrics uh, to 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 look at your your process, to look at your uh, your, your CO two emission, uh, and you think there's still like uh, some room for improvement, or is it something that uh, uh, for now uh, at this phase it's uh, it's hard to to tackle. Yeah, so uh, from our in-house data, our CO2 emission is about 80 to 90% less compared to the other materials, um, such, as, such as the existing plastic and also PLA, these materials. Because when we, a lot of times when we calculate carbon footprint, uh, we, we only calculate the end of the lifetime instead of the beginning of the lifetime. Like for us, we want to calculate entire lifetime. Plastic, even though some people are saying recycled plastic is good for environment, it's still plastic. Doesn't matter if it's recycled or version. They still create microplastic that are nearly impossible to source. And the process of extracting fossil fuel and extracting coal from mining is already doing so much harm to the environment that we didn't talk enough. Whereas our material, we're not doing any of those. We're taking waste from beer production that could have gone to landfill and create more CO2 than um, that it should have. So in, in the front, we're not only already not creating more CO2, but we are reducing CO2. And at the end of this, the lifetime of our material, this goes back to nature. It goes back into soil, breaks down into biomass, water, and CO2, which is a very, very minimal. And those can be neutralized. So last question on my side, um, thinking of uh, hearing you, if we drop your plastic into the ocean, uh, I guess the microplastic uh, issue will uh, will not be uh, the case anymore. Okay, repeat the question again. So what I'm saying is like if um, meteoroplastics or packaging uh, end up by not being in the landfill, but end up by uh, you know uh, going into into the wild and uh, into uh, the ocean, maybe. Uh, during this degradation process, uh, will it produce also microplastics or not? No, there, there's no plastic involved in our material. So it's, it's going to be safe for the environment and for human. Yeah. Yeah, well, what I was meaning is not microplastic, but microparticles, uh, you know, those like uh, very tiny, uh, tiny part, but that's cool. Um, so you mentioned a little bit like uh, how the community of listeners can help you. Uh, if there's one thing that they can do today uh, for you, uh, what would it be? Follow us on social media. And if you see any uh, journalists, reporters, or if you have connection around you that you think can help us build our influence, um, get more clients, please do refer to us. And I'm happy to have discussions. Fantastic. So any questions that I did not uh, ask you and that I should have? I think we cover a lot of, of our material and I'm very happy. And one thing I like to mention is that we're also working with Budweiser, um, trying to create the world's first bottle, beer bottle made from spent grain, their own waste, rather than the glass or the aluminum that we see um, in the industry. And aluminum and glass, if you don't know, requires a high extensive amount of energy and it's so hard for them to go back to um to the nature or even to recycle so hopefully this work will be done very soon and be in the market next year 
Thank you so much, Rob. It was a very uh, a big, big pleasure to have you uh, with us again uh, today. Your story is uh, fantastic. Uh, you, have done, you have done so much uh, already uh, in your different, uh, you know, uh, companies and uh, and this whole, uh, you know, project that you are tackling now with uh, with Mitero and uh, fighting this uh, single-use plastic uh, with innovative and uh, sustainable technology uh, is just super exciting. Uh, we wish you uh, all the best. Uh, for the next uh, uh, for the pilot and hopefully everything will go uh, according to plan uh, we're excited to have you uh, coming in Europe as well uh, and in the US uh, you know like flood the, the market with this uh, with this solution so uh, happy to uh, to follow up in uh, in in few months uh, with you to hear more and uh, and know how we can uh, anyway uh, as of today uh, keep uh, supporting uh, your project thank you so much